Welcome along to another coronavirus special podcast. Mason Jordan this week in for Robbie James as we go through some of the key highlights concerning COVID-19 and its impact on the great waterfront city. In a week overshadowed by the questionable actions of a government aid, it seems people's focus on health is running scarce whilst attention turns to reopening the country. From the 1st of June, car showrooms and open markets are set to open. Schools too, albeit for only certain age groups. We want to know how you feel about all this as a city. Are we prepared to face the challenges that lay before us as individuals? Are we responsible enough to respect social distancing as more venues open to the public? If you're a parent or guardian, are you scared about kids returning to school? Is it too soon maybe? Or are you confident in the school's abilities to protect our children? On the show today, we'll be chatting to Claire Martin, who works for Fair Share, a national charity with a local distribution centre helping provide meals for those in need during this coronavirus pandemic. We'll catch up with Lou Whitmore from Love Soundsy to chat about the markets reopening down Palmerston Road. Henry Deacon will be on the show later to talk about sport and the possibility of restarting seasons. And fundraising manager from Ports of Hospitals charity Michelle Bowditch will be on to talk about the support that they've got during this pandemic. First, though, we'd like to welcome onto the show leader of Portsmouth City Council, Gerald Werner Jackson. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. And Although ludicrously busy. I, I was going to say, uh, uh, you know, your, your job's probably busy at the best of times, uh, but at the moment, I suppose there's a thousand questions being thrown your way. But yes, and and I live on video conferencing meetings. <laughs> so I was going to say, every, everything's still sort of at, at home for as as much as many of you as possible, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Um, uh, I'm trying to do. I'm going out maybe once a week to get the shopping and the prescriptions, and that's it. And how are you coping? Doing your job is it? Is it you know completely well, stressful and manic trying to do it this way round, or is it okay? It's all right. Um, I think I think probably I'm luckier than some because I'm really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, now my other half is retired, um, and therefore less to do, and I think that's probably more difficult for him than me. Okay, uh, and keeping busy, um, what exactly has been sort of the biggest challenges and stuff you've been facing in the last week or so? So the stuff I think has been big issues for for us are what happens with schools, what happens with um, uh, parking reop- uh, coming back in, etc., with shops reopening. So um, a range of different things. I think some things have gone well, so... Um, We've we've had no deaths in the care homes that the city runs for uh, for a couple of weeks now. So the outbreaks that appear to have happened there have gone. Um, but but it, it, there's always something. Um, so we're having to sort out what to do at the seafront at the moment. Okay, and at the moment, you know, the seafront, there's some road closures along there, which yep. is uh, allowing people to keep social distancing measures exercising. Um, but now, of course, uh, the, the uh, lockdown restrictions have been lifted slightly in yep. the sense that people can go out and exercise as much as they want. They can go out and meet friends in the park. So South yep. are Common, uh, especially over bank holiday weekend, getting busier than it has been for, for a yep. long time. How, how are we coping with that? Well... So we've not needed to open any of the car parts, but we're, so we're, all the car parts will reopen uh, on the first, um, uh, except the one at Canoe Lake because that's within the, the um, bounded off area to give more space for people to get round than uh, on the prom. On the whole, um, things have gone okay. We've had some problems, but most people are are behaving very sensibly. Uh, we've had some groups of uh, of people down there who who haven't been, and then the police try to make sure that they change what they do. We've had uh, some problems. We've had two gangs who'd had a fight somewhere else came down to Colin and had a fight again. Um, but but that's that's very very rare. Um, so people I think have been behaving pretty well, and actually it's been lovely to see small groups of people littered all over the common enjoying the sunshine i suppose it's not looking at it necessarily through a negative lens but you need to be um sort of vigilant how 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 can 
sort of the, the police react if they do see something, um, if they see big groups? Because I know, uh, you know, I've seen on social media that there's been big groups and stuff appearing. Yep. How, how do they actually cope with that? What do, so what do they, they do? They try, to, they, they, um, they try to encourage, they try to educate, um, but their enforcement powers are very, very limited. Um, the government gave powers to enforce social distancing in Wales, but they didn't give it to people in England. So, so ultimately, we, if, if, if I was being unruly and I was there with a load of mates, I could say no. Yeah, you can. Right, um, OK. Uh, which is, and the government have been remarkably stupid um, in not giving the police that power. OK, and what can the Port City Council do about it? Um, nothing, because they haven't given us that power either. OK. Um, so it, it's, a, um, it's a thing which, where the government just haven't got it right. Um, people think that there's lots of, of, of uh, fines that people can give if they're not two metres apart, but actually that's not the case. Um, now, now during um, the, 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 this crisis when there's a lot of people that are working from home or they've been mm. furloughed, so there's less um, footfall um, throughout the city, I, I know the Portsmouth City Council are very keen to try and um, do, do, do up some, some roads, to, uh, yep. get them to like a, a healthy maintenance level. Uh, I know Albert Road has got a couple of... Um, uh, road work sort of margins and stuff. Oh, off. it's nuts, isn't it? Um, now there's a, a, a few people complaining that that doesn't yep. allow enough space for yep, social distancing. Right. Yes, completely right. Um, and I've moaned about it as well um, uh, because the, these work people have, have restricted the pavement a great deal. Um, uh, but unfortunately, that the, the, they're lying, laying cable for broadband and. Um, again, the government's decision is that, that getting that cabling in for broadband is more important at the moment than social distancing. So they've said it's OK for them to work in the way that they are doing. Now so if... we, we, we would like to say no to them, and you, you can't be doing it during this time, um, but unfortunately we're trumped by the government. Okay, uh, and in terms of sort of other ways that you can keep people safe, I know that um, there's going to be more and more people that are going to work as lockdown restrictions get lifted, as yeah. shops get opened, and stuff like that. Is there any plans to revise um, larger spaces for people to walk? I know uh, yeah. certain cities across the country have been yeah. uh, putting up temporary barriers and stuff so yeah. people can walk along sort of bus lanes but, and things like so, that. Is there any plans for that in the yeah, city? Yeah. So, so it's both. It's encouraging people to both walk and cycle. So. Uh, one of the most important cycle routes in and out of the city, particularly for people who are commuting, um, is along the dot wall. So people come down the western side of the island um, uh, and get to the naval base and go along the dot wall there. And that it's, it's really, really narrow um, uh, as a cycle lane and footpath there. Um, and so to make sure there is an alternative, we've taken the cars out of Charlotte Street just um, at the southern end of the Tricorn car park by Cascades, so that there's a, a separate route for people to be able to use get, um, on bikes going in and out of the city that way without having to pass too close to anybody else if they're going past them or overtaking them. Um, and then the area from uh, the town station, so Isambard Kingdom Brunel um, Street, down through the civic offices, uh, Guildhall Square down to Guildhall Walk. Again, we're going to be taking out um, uh, the cars there. Um, uh, buses will continue, but we'll take the cars out so that people feel a, a bit more space for them uh, to be able to walk. Uh, and we'll review each of each of those. Uh, and then uh, hopefully the the biggest one is uh, on the Eastern Road, um, taking one lane out coming south. From um, the from where the M27 is um, down to Tangiers Road um, to take that one one lane out, so it bec that becomes for cycles, so that's more space for cycles. Okay, and um, if we look at um, you know the, the 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 traffic and stuff on the roads, uh, there's a lot of. Um, uh, uh, drive-throughs that are starting to get a little bit yep. busy. I know McDonald's is going to open next week. Um, uh, the the the, tip, the uh, recycling centre up at Port yep. Solent that's been opened. There's tend to be quite uh, some long queues there. Um, yep. Not so much now as uh, when it first reopened, but still a lot of traffic going yep. through there. Um, I understand the number plate system is going to be extended. 
so what we're doing there is the number plate system carries on until we get to an online booking system. Okay, so so you're, you're planning that people can book in when they're going yeah, to take so their register to. that so it works for them. But it's it's worked. I think it, having the number plate system where half people can come on one day, half another, um, has significantly reduced the size of the queues there. It seems all the feedback I've had is it's working really well. There have been queues. Um, uh, but that's inevitable. Normally, you'd be able to get 18 cars in there, um, and we were originally down to four at a time. It's now up to five, and we hope to six. So that it, it is significantly less capacity, but we're doing it in a way that's safe. And j- just to clarify, um, who should be taking um, the, their rubbish up to that recycling centre? should only really be taking stuff if it's, it's really urgent. Um, uh, if you've been clearing the loft and you've got a bit of stuff, Keep hold of it for a bit longer if you can. Okay, brilliant. Um, and of, of course, the big thing this week—not um, uh, n- car showrooms—it's schools uh, reopening yep. um, from Monday. I understand some schools got an inset day on Monday, uh, but from the first of June, well, uh, uh, some schools will reopen. Yeah, but not all schools. Actually, to be actually accurate, schools have been open already because they've been looking after the kids um, of of people who are key workers yeah so schools have been operating all the way through this but it'll it the the, the number of kids going will increase um in some parts of the country the council is pushing all schools to reopen on the first in other parts of the country councils are pushing schools none of them to be open on the first um because they don't think it's safe um our view has been very much that it's down to the school to decide. They are the experts. They know their kids. They know their um, teachers. They know the physical space within the school, and each school is different. So people should check the council website or, or talk to the school um, to make sure when they're expecting your kids to go back. Uh, and And if a school says it's not safe to be open again... We won't push them. They're the people who are the experts. We will support the school. Do you have a number of schools that are going to be reopening next week? No. Or rough percentage um, because, or anything? No, because, because, because governing bodies and head teachers are making the decisions over the next few days. Um, and we will just see what they choose to do. Um, but it, it's got to be the right thing to trust the teachers uh, and the head teacher to make the right call about the kids that they know uh, and the teachers they know in the school that they know. Okay, and, and, and from the parents' point of view as well, um, do they get an option to say um, their their school is reopening for no. year ones? They've got a year one person. Do they have to send them into school? Uh, well, do they get penalised if they keep their child at home? I think there'll be a lot of parents who will say, "I don't want to put my child at risk," um, and therefore, I I think quite a few people few parents will say i i don't want to do this um as i understand it um the council won't be prosecuting those parents if they don't feel it's safe for those kids to go to school so it won't be treated as a normal term when someone's taken out for a holiday uh, for a week or something it won't uh, be treated the same as that no because that's that taking a kid out for a holiday is one thing saying that uh, from a parent saying look I don't feel it's safe for my child to be there. It's a very different thing. So you, you support those parents if they yes, decide not I to? Think it's absolutely right that that people look at the uh, look at what's happening in each school and make the decision. And we know the way to defeat this virus is is for people to socially isolate and stay at home. If that's their feeling. Um, then, then we won't be we won't be cross with them. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us. Is there is there anything else that uh, um, coming yeah, up I in think, the next couple I of weeks we need to I concern think, ourselves with? Yes, I think the thing that the other thing that's important is that from uh, the first of June on Monday, uh, all the residence car parking zones in the city come back up into operation. Um, all the car parks will reopen, and all the places which are pay, pay and display. Um, parking on roads will come back into operation so so it's a step back to normality um, but people for the last couple of months have been used to having uh, sort of a, a free-for-all with this and it, it that that's going to change on the first and that's really important
Okay, so so penalty charge notices coming out um, yeah, if people I, I aren't think, following the I, rules. I, I think we will be we will be generous and and we will not be pushing it, but that but the traffic wardens will be out. Okay. So that's from the first as well, yes? Yep, absolutely. Okay, brilliant. Uh, thank you very much, Gerald, for your time this evening. It's good Look to have you on. and enjoy your other guests. You, you sound as if you've got a really good group of people. Yes, it's, it's good to show today. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And thanks for your time. Bye-bye. The leader of Portsmouth City Council there confirming that they will not uh, be prosecuting you if you do not send your kids to school, but a lot of people uh, will be doing. Years reception one and years sixes are open uh, from Monday. In some cases, uh, schools uh, themselves will hold the decision as to whether or not they will be reopening um, and they will not prosecute you if you do not send your child. Um, So we want to know how you feel about this. Uh, After hearing that, are you more confident? Uh, are you still very unsure? Do let me know. 81400 on the text. Start with Express or you can tweet us at ExpressFM. Uh, I'd really like to hear uh, your thoughts if you are a parent or maybe you're a teacher. How are you feeling about all of this? How are you feeling about schools reopening uh, from Monday? Hello to Jess who's on the line. Uh, you've decided what you're going to do and you're not sending your little in, are you? Uh, no, I'm not. No, no. Okay. And, and what, why have you come to that decision? Um, well... Me and his dad are both key workers, um, so you know we wanted to limit the risk anyway. With two of us in the household, you know, potentially bringing anything home, we didn't want our our little boy to, you know, have a third risk. Um, and he's been off anyway. We decided to keep him off when they shut initially, um, so we don't really feel the need to have to send him back. Okay, and uh, how old is he? He's three. Okay, so that, that's a nursery age. Um, yeah, nursery. Yeah. So, so is, is this sort of key element the, the fact that you know if he if he is you know young, he is only three years old. Um, yeah. d- how much does he understand about everything? Exactly. Um, I mean, you know, we try and teach him as much as we can, but for him, it's it's an ex- extended summer holidays. <laughs> yeah, he's missing nursery, obviously, and he's missing his friends. But you know, he's well entertained at home. He's got plenty of games. We're doing learning with him at home on our days off. So, you know, he's not he's not at a crucial age where he's going to be missing out on anything. And in, in terms of childcare, is that a struggle at the moment or are you managing to get through it okay? We're managing. We're, I mean, we don't really see much of each other because we're working our shifts around each other, but it's rather that <laughs> Tag than, team, than yeah. the risk. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're not sending, for, for the simple reason, you don't want to add another risk into the equation? Yeah, basically, okay. yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Jess there uh, for uh, chatting to us, letting her know uh, her opinion and what she is doing with her uh, little in. Uh, so not going to nursery. She doesn't want to send them in. Um, it's not going to be completely compulsory uh, and we'll find out which schools definitely are um, later on in the week. We'll keep you up to date with all the information uh, on our website as soon as we have it. Uh, now on the way, we'll be chatting uh, to Claire from Fair Share, who are a, a national charity. They've got their local distribution centre and they're feeding people in need in the city. So we'll chat to them exactly uh, what they are doing and how they are coping during this coronavirus pandemic. And of course, you can get involved with the show. 81400 on the text. Start with Express. You can tweet us at ExpressFM as well if you have any questions. Express FM. Welcome back to the Coronavirus Special. It's Mason Jordan in for Robbie James this evening. We want to know how you feel about sending your kids back to school. 81400 on the text. Start with Express or you can tweet us at ExpressFM. Good to hear from you this evening. We'll be chatting uh, to Michelle from Ports of Hospitals Charity shortly. Uh, first, though, uh, we have on the line um, we have on the line Claire Martin from Fair Share. Um, good evening to you, Claire. Hello. How are you? All right. Yeah, good. Busy, but good. Uh, we were just chatting off air, um, and, and you're one of the very unlucky people that uh, still had to go to work, and perhaps even more so now than than ever at the moment uh, with what's happening. Um, now, now, in case people don't know, what exactly is Fair Share? So Fair Share is a national um, charity that works with the food and drink industry. Pre-COVID, it was to redistribute surplus food um, to organisations that work with vulnerable people, such as sort of breakfast clubs, lunch clubs, hostels, uh, women's refuges, uh, information advice centres. Now we're in the COVID period, it has slightly changed, and that's mainly because the services that are being offered to the communities has changed, so we're sort of focusing a lot more on food parcels for people. 
has it been easy to adapt? Um, it's been a headache, but <laughs> um, we've got through it and we are, um, I mean, it's unbelievable the volume of food that we're now turning around. So prior to um, COVID-19, Southern Central on average redistributed around about 60 tonne uh, per month. I can't even picture how much food that is. (laughs) It's it's crazy. Um, But we're now doing 60 tonne nearly per week. It's so much food. Uh, And and organising all of that, obviously it's helping a a, a tremendous amount of people. Uh, But organising it, um, I, I can imagine it's just... You, you kind of you you can never do enough almost. No, no, it's. Um, I think at the moment I'm pr- very proud of my team, and I'm pleased to say that we are meeting the demands. Um, so we have six vans that go out two to three times a day from two different sites. So we're now operating from two sites. So Oil Spillage Response in Southampton have kindly given us part of their premises during this period. Mm-hmm. So we're able to, and they've given us manpower as well, we're able to work from that site on sort of tins, products and ambient. And then from our other site, we've been able to increase all of our fresh produce. So it's kind of sort of saying to people, this is what goes in your cupboard, but we're also giving you part of your five a day and things like that. So we're managing it. We're splitting ourselves between two sites, and it's actually going surprisingly well. <laughs> I, I think you should be tremendously proud of the, of the work that you and your team are doing. It's amazing. Um, and in terms of you know, you're, you're covering quite a, quite a large area here. Um, but but has the does it kind of differ between the different areas? And I, I know you work a lot with some charities in Portsmouth, but you know the yeah. surrounding areas, as you mentioned there, in Totten and in Haven and stuff like that. Is it different from area to area, or is it pretty much the same impact is it, happening everywhere? It, yeah, it is kind of happening happening everywhere. A lot of it is really dependent on how organisations want to work. So a lot of, I mean, I could use Portsmouth as an example, a lot of the schools in Portsmouth now, obviously the children aren't going into school yet, Mm -hmm. but they're still encouraging their parents to come in and receive support. Children that normally would have free school meals and free breakfast have lost 10 meals a day. Um, So these schools are actually stepping up and providing parents with things like milk, cereal, so the children have still got to prep breakfast and you know some fresh produce through the day or some ham so they can have a sandwich so it is you know they've all they've all adapted they've all been really really good and they've all adapted and and on a personal note you're working um in the in the job that you do it's you know it can get rather personal and, and it's so nice to see so many people helping each other out what what is it like um for you doing this job uh during this crisis it's it's exhausting, but it's the uh, passion and belief in what we do that drives the whole team to carry on doing what we're doing. Um, we are quite short-staffed. I've, I don't know what sitting in an office is these days. I've been out today <laughs> and supported the driver to offload to just over two and a half tonne of food, um, just to two different locations. Tomorrow morning, in particular, we've been to Portsmouth twice today already. Tomorrow morning, we're back off to Portsmouth twice. So in two days alone, just a couple of groups in Portsmouth would have received around about eight to nine tonne of food. Um, We are fortunate. We have had certain elements of funding to cover some of our costs. But without the dedication of the people that we work with, none of it would be possible. And are you looking for people to help and volunteer and to do bits and pieces with you? Are you looking for people to donate? We've got plenty of volunteers at the moment. Um, Yeah, we have got plenty of volunteers. Um, We've worked closely with British Red Cross and a lot of their volunteers have actually come and joined us. And a lot of people, individuals that have been furloughed or made redundant or, you know, their hours have been cut, that volunteer-wise have been amazing. Um, we're always looking for financial contributions. You know, £10 is a lot of money to us if people want to donate £10. It costs 25 pence to provide a meal. Um, That's how it works out from our statistics. So if anyone wants to donate, that's amazing. Food and drink industry have been absolutely amazing and we are getting pallets and pallets and tonnes of food. It's been brilliant. 
Absolutely brilliant. I was going to say, like, the initial amount of maybe leftover food that pubs and things have and all these restaurants that are having to shut down. Um, I suppose We've had all that. that that's all got, got, got gone now, hasn't it, I suppose? So, so how, well, yeah. how, are doing, how are you dealing with the sort of produce stuff now and keeping up with having enough food to be able to distribute it out? So we was fortunate enough to receive um, DEFRA funding and that DEFRA funding basically equates to Southern Central alone to around about 20 tonne of food a week. Um, and then the likes of Co-op and Tesco's are also donating very large volumes of ambient produce per week alongside what they've already provided us in the past and still do, like the chilled. A lot of the um, farmers are donating, so I think we had... I want to say eight or nine ton of potatoes last week donated to us in one week alone. So it is all coming in, um, and it is all going back out. <laughs> that, that, that's I suppose that the important thing is it that you're yeah. you're not feeding yourself. <laughs> you're, you're feeding no, so many no. others, which is brilliant. Do you know how many yeah. people you, you, like at your distribution centre that that you are feeding? So in Havant and Fairham last year, we worked with eleven charities. Mm-hmm. And we saved just shy of 50 tonnes of food. So that, for us, is equivalent to 119,000 meals. Um, In Portsmouth alone, we worked with 28 charities. 55 tonnes of food went down there. And that's 131,000 meals. Those statistics are kind of <laughs> mind-boggling. They're so large. And they are. So you it, can never visualise them. No. It, well, I suppose you, you do get to see uh, a part of it, um, but even then I suppose it's hard to get your head around. Um, yeah. N- now, doing this work it is c- continually. Um, it is um, so vitally important to making people, um, you know, ha- keeping people healthy and, and fed and having yeah. enough meals and stuff. Um, so so what, what, what can we take away from sort of this journey moving forward past uh, the COVID-19 crisis. Is there anything that you are not ready for, perhaps, that you will be ready for next time? Um, as a learning curve, I do hope as a nation we're not back in this situation. Um, in all honesty, I think Fair Share as a whole has put, invested a lot of time and effort into ensuring that we are right. I don't think we'll ever be perfect. Um, but I think overall... You know, we've all been very fortunate. All of the 23 regional centres have managed to secure other buildings, um, additional staff, additional volunteers, some of the local, um, like car organisations, I don't know if it hurts in particular, have given us all free vans. Um, we've had donations of fuel to us. So we've, we've got an amazing team that's in our UK, in our London office, that have managed to pretty much secure everything for us. Very last minute dot com, but we've got <laughs> it because that's the situation we were put into. We never foresee being in this situation. But at least um, you know it's it's proof that people coming together can make a whole lot of difference. So um, brilliant! Thank you very much for the work that you're doing in the community, and thank you very much for coming on the show, Claire. No, thank you ever so much. Bye. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye bye. All right then. Bye. That was Claire Martin from Fair Share uh, on the coronavirus special, the business development manager for the Southern Branch. So good to chat to her. Uh, back to schools now. First of June, uh, some schools are set to reopen. Uh, how are you feeling about that? You can let us know on Twitter at ExpressFM. Let me know what you are planning to do. Um, we had a tweet in earlier about this um, to, uh, that was um, rather interesting from Andy. Uh, we have three children. Only one is in the years due to go back. So we have have to ask why would we send her back uh, into uncertainty when the two siblings will remain homeschooled uh, which i suppose is a, is a big question for everyone if you have multiple children it's like what why why is that child different to the next uh, and on uh, the line now local mum mel hello mel hi how are you i'm doing good how are you very well thank you are you coping the lockdown still everything okay or is it a complete mayhem actually faring very well seems to be coping all right yeah Good, good. That's what we like to hear. Um, now, um, the school's um, planning to go back uh, for certain years. I believe it's reception year one and year six going back on Monday. Um, what is your situation? 
So I have two girls and they're both in year six. Um, and yes, they'll be returning to school on Tuesday, actually. We've got an inset day Monday for just for the staff. Um, but yeah, they're going back on Tuesday and they are so looking forward to it. Now, um, d- during this whole um, process of, of the schools being shut, have they coped okay homeschooling? Has that been okay? Has that been an issue at all? Uh, they've inc- Well, they've actually coped incredibly well um, and I've been fortunate that our school has been doing live online lessons every day for the last sort of five weeks. So I haven't had to do so much of the homeschooling. I've been really lucky in that department. Um, our school's had it really well covered. Um, the, the, my girls register in the morning at 8.30 live with their teacher. Um, they do their reading, they do their English, they do their maths, they do all their normal core subjects. They have their breaks. They've had a little bit extended breaks through this period, so they don't have so much mega screen time. Um, that's probably my only thing I would say is that the screen time has probably been a bit tiring for them. But, yeah, they've been incredibly good, really. And um, obviously with them being one of the um, years that are going back to um, school, are you, is there any part of you that's a bit hesitant about sending them back? Um. I don't know if I'm hesitant to send them back. I'm probably, um, I'm, I'm well aware that our school has got um, fantastic measures put in place. They're not actually going back into their classroom as such. They're going into, they're utilising like our dance studio, the um, the assembly hall, the bigger classrooms where they've split them out into bigger sections. And they're putting children into bubble groups um, of um, a maximum I think it's maybe about 10 or 12 in a group. So that way that they're not, you know, they'll stay within that bubble group the whole day. So um, I'm not concerned in that respect because I think sooner or later they have to get on and get back to it. But (laughs) I just think it's being careful. And uh, uh, we spoke to someone who um, has a child in nursery and they're a key worker, so they were, you know, debating whether or not to send their child back. Um, but with them being in year six, I suppose they're, um, well, you'd hope so, they were slightly more intelligent and they understand, you know, social distancing, they understand the hygiene um, implications and stuff like that. So is that part of the reason why you think year sixes can go back safely? Is the fact that they know how to keep themselves safe? Yeah, I would think that is a really good, um, you know, analysis of it all. They are in year six. They are old enough to understand. They do. They do know about social distancing. They're extremely, you know, on, on the mark all the time with the hand washing. I mean, the minute we come in the house, it's wash my hands, wash my hands, and get in the car and use hand. So they're actually, you know, I think they're at an age where they're not. Um, you know, naive to what's going on. And, you know, they, they're old enough to see the news. They see what's going on. They've seen people have unfortunately died from this virus. So um, I think they're lucky. Um, but as you say, the nursery, that's another thing. That's a really hard area mm. to, you know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm not at that point with my children. So I've had children in nursery in year one. Mm, I think I'd be really, I'd probably be a little bit worried. I would okay. thought. But you're, you're cautious but confident, yes? Yeah, I am, actually. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I am cautious and com- but confident. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us this evening, Mel. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So that is what Mel is doing, sending her kids back to school. Agree or disagree? Let us know. 81400 on the text. Pop Express at the start of your message or you can tweet at ExpressFM. Joining me now is Michelle Bowditch, the fundraising manager from Portsmouth Hospital's charity. Good evening, Michelle. Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Now, it's, uh, I suppose, a very hectic time for you uh, working at Portsmouth Hospitals Charity um, because I suppose at the moment there's there's challenges but also a, a lot of support out there for you. Absolutely. I mean, the community has just... We've all been overwhelmed by the generosity, not just with people dropping off staff to staff, but also um, getting together and supporting our thank you appeal, which is going on to also support our staff. And, yeah, people have come out in the masses. So we're really, really grateful for for the love and and support that we've seen from the local community. So thank you. Uh, Now, the impact that um, COVID-19 has had on health services, you know, across our area has been crazy. There's been... uh, a lot of focus on you know keep keeping these people um healthy keeping them um 
uh, keeping staff in particular protected. Um, what has been sort of the biggest challenges that you've seen? Really, from our point of view, we're we're talking about looking after sort of the staff with the, the appeal that we've had. Um, so some of the things that we've done with that is um, we've created boost boxes, which are boxes that go out to all the staff, which have sort of snacks and treats and stuff in it. Some of it donated, some of it we've used the, the money from the thank you appeal to do. Um, we've also set up a wellbeing room, which has got massage chairs in it and, and all those sorts of things. So we're really looking at, you know, trying to support our staff and doing the best thing that we can. Um, but we do have thousands of staff, which is fantastic. <laughs> so it's also sorting out the logistics for that as well. Uh, now, every Thursday, uh, the nation comes together at eight o'clock to applaud the NHS and the care sector and all the key workers uh, working so hard at the moment, which is which is by all means absolutely brilliant um, but it's still under so much strain to get through this um, things seem to be settling down a little bit uh, but there's still a lot of work to go um, Thank You Appeal has, has been brilliant for you hasn't it to, to, whilst this has been going on how much have you managed to raise so far? We um, we're currently are just giving page is sitting at over £36,000, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, and that comes from, um, you know, individuals giving a pound here, a pound there, right the way through to bigger corporate donations, through to um, local people uh, doing different things and different events to raise money. So, yeah, we're, we're just blown away by how generous people have been and, and then that, what that enables us to do as a charity. And that, that focus on our health service and stuff at the moment, I suppose, is really helping. But later on down the line, uh, let's uh, let's uh, set ourselves in the future when things are all back to normal, whatever that is, um, and things are settling down a bit. Um, there's going to be, I suppose, a big dent because you haven't been able to do loads of fundraising events and, and special appeals and stuff. How, how is um, the charity coping in, 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 on the grand scheme of things? Yeah, I mean, the thing about fundraising and about raising money is it's all about bringing people together, which is unfortunately what we can't do at the moment. So we're having to look a bit more creatively about how we can still raise, raise funds, still support the charity, but do it in a different way. Um, but yeah, we uh, we had wing walks planned, which aren't going to happen. Um, we're hoping to still do our ward walk later in the year, but we're still, uh, that's a bit up in the air at the moment. So yeah, it is a real shame when, when things don't quite go the way that they planned, but we've had other opportunities and other successes as well along the way. And what's it been like for you working as part of the charity? Because I know the support you've got is, has been brilliant, but what's it like at your end? Yeah, no, it's it's been, um, you know, we're all blown away by, by what everybody's doing and, and the effort that's going into it. So it's nice to kind of um, be able to, to get the boost boxes out and, and get the wellbeing rooms. And we've got lots of future plans as well for, for the money to, to help support staff. So um, I suppose like a lot of people and a lot of the community, you want to somehow play a part in it and... Uh, yeah, and, and thank the, um, the hard NHS workers for everything that they're doing. And, and if people do want to help out, if, if they've uh, yet to, to do something to try and help the community and they think uh, they want to help out with the work that you guys are doing, is there any way they can get involved? The, um, well, some of the things that we've been doing has been a real help with our volunteers as well, so that's been fantastic. Um, and a lot of that's come off the back of sort of the national call out for volunteers. Um, but also, we are just giving pages still live. So if people want to, to give to our thank you appeal, they can do. Um, so you can either go onto our website, which is um, porthosp.nhs.uk forward slash charity, which has the link to it. Um, but we're also using it across social media as well. And um, yeah, and just get involved. And, and that money will then go and help and support staff, not only. Um, during the time being, but also um, into the future as well. Uh, and, and moving forward, um, you, you know, a lot of events and stuff are up in the air. Is there anything that you're particularly looking forward to hopefully making happen by the end of the year? Well, we, we're still holding out hope for our ward walk, which is going to be in September. So hopefully that might happen. If not, uh, we're going to go virtual with it. So it will still happen in, in some sort of capacity. Um, and then we'll just see, you know, um, like a lot of us, each week is different, but uh, we're making the most of it and supporting as many people as we can throughout the way. Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us this evening, Michelle. Uh, and thank you for all the work uh, that you guys are continuing to do. It's brilliant. Brilliant. And thank you for your continual support as well. 
Uh, if you'd like to find out more about the work they're doing, porthosp.nhs.uk and keep up to date with them on social media at porthosp charity. Uh, now with open markets, one of the next industries to open next week, we'll chat soon to Louise Whitmore from Love South Sea uh, to see her plans, how she's going to keep people safe whilst market going. That's coming up next. Passionately Portsmouth, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Coronavirus Special. It's Mason Jordan with you until 7 o'clock this evening. And with Open Markets, one of the next uh, industries to open alongside car showrooms from the 1st of June, we wanted to find out all about that. Uh, so let's chat to the Queen of Southsea, Lou Whitmore. How was that introduction? That is huge, Mason. <laughs> I've missed you, Mason. I've missed you too. Uh, I've missed you so much. You're my go-to <laughs> going out buddy and we haven't gone out since March 20th. So it's been, oh no, March 16th. Yeah, it's it's a while now, isn't it? Is that is that the one thing you're missing most going out for like meals and stuff? I I, I I'm enjoy. I'm actually. I'm not going to lie. I have enjoyed being at home and not doing as much, but I've missed my friends. Yeah, I mean, being an introvert, I was made for this. <laughs> this is my time really? to shine. Yeah, I love yeah, but it. you like you went out every now and again. Yeah, yeah. I'm just still a bit. In, I, don't, I don't mind time by myself as well, though. So I've, I've been yeah, coping okay. Right obviously, not yeah. everyone's like that. Um, in terms of your business, uh, love yeah. Southsea, Um We were just chatting off air. Uh, your, your sort of online stuff has been brilliant since lockdown yeah. began, right? So opened a love Southsea up eleven years ago, and it's the biggest month for online sales that I've had in 11 years during lockdown. So for the people that don't know, what, what sort of stuff are you selling? It's like I merchandise sell and designs and t-shirts. things. I sell t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, artwork, that sort of thing, cards. It's, it's sort of very South Sea, Seaside-esque merchandise. And it's quite, it's really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you surprised that people still wanted to, uh, you know, go out and buy stuff during well, lockdown? do you know what? When I... I ordered a load of merchandise in just before all this happened because, you know, I just got a load in for markets and festivals and things like that. So, and then when the lockdown happened, I was really worried about putting it out there because I was thinking a lot of people aren't working and they don't have the money. So I was really worried. But then I'm thinking, well, I need to make money. There's no other way of making money. Let's give it a go so I did it as cheap as I could and I did postage for free so I just tried to keep it as you know as sensible and not you know take the mickey too much with people spending and your love salsi page on Facebook and Instagram and stuff is that it, it, was as, phenomenal yeah. I got a 2 million reach a 2 million reach last month on my <laughs> Facebook page on its own 2 million people looked at what we're up to in Southie. Do you think that's just down to people looking at their screens that little bit longer? Yeah. I think people are at home and they're on social media a lot more. And I read an article the other day that social media has actually been a godsend for people. You know, we talk about it being a little bit worrying every now and again, but I think actually it, it saved people because they can see what their friends are doing. Mm. They can stay in touch. They can. It feels like a community, even though they're not in it, in amongst it, and they're sat at home on their own. It, they're in amongst the community. So I think it's actually been an amazing tool to have during lockdown. If it's used right, as you said, it can be a bit of a godsend. If it's you know yeah. it's something that you're wasting your life away on, uh, then perhaps not. And I saw a quote from someone who works on on YouTube and social media and does that for their job, so they have they have to go on it. Uh, but they said never let it get on top of you. Never compare someone else's best bits to your behind the scenes which i think is just a brilliant way of putting it because you know that's all everyone's putting on isn't it they're, they're greatest hits yeah um, so that. Exactly. It's, the, it's their best bits of the day isn't it so don't it don't, don't compare bit. everything in your life to that to be fair my stories you often see me you know make up hair like a lunatic so you know <laughs> oh it doesn't matter <laughs> serve it no matter what don't you um <laughs> Now, another part of your business is the markets, and there yeah. was news uh, in, in the announcement that um, yeah. car showrooms and open markets are yeah. one of the, the, the next sort of steps within yeah. getting back to whatever is normal. Now, for you, that obviously makes a big difference to your business, uh, getting sure. back to work. Um, 1st of June, uh, the government says you can go, um, but yeah. it, it's not as simple as that, is it, Lou? It isn't for me, because obviously I've got to organise the market, I've got to organise um, the traders to come along. I imagine they are ready to go, but I'm still a bit worried about setting it up for like the first week because we're the first weekend of every month in Southie, so we're not like every week. Like markets in general mm. are normally every every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
we're a little bit different. We're not like a produce market. We're more of a maker's gift market, which is great because it keeps people in work and keeps them sustainable. I think we need to ease back a bit and probably start the first weekend in July just to give everyone that extra month of one, safety, and two, to make sure we've planned the market out so it's not too pushed in together and it's all spread out properly and it is still safe so we can run the market safely without um with a two meter distance if that makes makes sense to you that is the first step kind of just re- reducing yeah. the amount of stalls that you have so they can be a bit more spread out well, it's producing the full stalls they can spread out but also the footfall so it's managing the footfall and i need to get more guidance on how to manage the footfall because we normally get between 10,000 12,000 people at the market over the day because it's too bad because it's over the day, but I need to make sure I've got a route or how we do it, markers on the floor. I need to, to plan it out. And I, a couple of days when he announced it, it's not enough. <laughs> Back to work now! Um, so, so, so there's a, a lot of guidance that you, I suppose, need. Where, where do you get that from? Is it official government advice? Is it from Port City yeah. Council? Yeah, or? yeah. I work extremely closely with Port City Council and they've got an incredible, brilliant market they have every weekend, every week um, in um, Commercial Road. So I'll be working alongside the Commercial Road market, Hampshire Farmers Market and also our market just to make sure that all the markets in our area are all running in the same, 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 you know, running to the same hymnbook in a way. They're all following the same guidelines. I'll make sure the traders have all have followed their own, their own Corona um, safety guidelines so they'll all have certificates and they'll they'll have an online they'll do an online um, like an examination where they know they tick the box this is what I'm going to do this is this 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 is what I need to have a fan and everyone will have the right guidelines there so every single trader will have it as well as the operator but I suppose that's the easy part isn't it making sure that the traders are following yeah. the rules it's the, it's the general public we need to worry about yeah but um, I think we're good in South Sea yeah? I think yeah, because I think we are, obviously the weekend was really busy, but people are really mindful. I think, and then walking around, I went and got a bit of shopping in this morning and like people are really mindful. We just move out of our way. We're really polite. Everyone's really happy, friendly, saying hello still. And we're just keeping our distance. So I think we did all right. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> if people are staying two metres away and your traders are back, is that a viable way to stay for the next couple of months, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I'm thinking if you look at what the government guidelines are for festivals and open air events and um, that sort of thing, I think I think we do need to keep it spread out and we do need to watch the results and, and see what happens. Obviously, all good intentions will start beginning in July, but obviously we'll still be governed by the government and what, what they recommend over the next couple of weeks. As a business, are you able to cope with the restrictions that they want you to put in place? Yes, we will We will work to what they want us to do. We always do. We're very we're very law-abiding, us that love healthy. <laughs> we, always, we always follow, follow suit and do as we're told. <laughs> always ticking those health and safety boxes yeah yeah uh, good that's what we like to hear and, and uh, is is this the right time to be doing it i think this is an opportunity if you have unfortunately had to lose your job or or you've got to you've got to rethink your career or what you were doing wasn't sustainable and you've had to restart this is the time now to think I'm going to start a new business to work for myself so I've got my own destiny and you can start that on the market. And we can nurture new people coming up the ranks because so many businesses started off on a market stand. It's, it's phenomenal how many people have done that. Mark Suspensers. <laughs> Mark Suspensers for one. And they've, they've grown and grown and grown. So, you know, if anybody does want to think about starting a new business and they want some guidance, then get in contact with me. I'm more than happy to walk them through it and tell them what they need and what will work, what would work. I'm very, I'm very black and white. <laughs> oh, that won't work. Oh, yeah, that's an amazing idea. Go for it. So I think this is the right time if you're thinking about starting a new business. This is the time to do it because it's very low overheads at a market. You know, the pitches are only like £40 for the day. There's no, you, you haven't got business rates. You haven't got to worry about renting a shop. And you get so much coverage on that one day that it sustains you for the month. And then you can go and do other markets. You can go wherever, can't you? You can go to um, and yeah. <laughs> okay, and um, your, your plan is obviously not to come back at the, like the first weekend in June because no, that's not I'm enough not. time for you to prepare. I don't think, I don't think safety. Also, I, 
I don't think the traders, that maybe my traders are probably, some are ready and some aren't. So I've got to think of the safety of them as well. I don't want to push them into something they probably don't want to do. And I mm-hmm. don't want to push the public into something thinking, oh, I don't think it's a good idea to go back to a market straight away. But maybe in another month, six weeks' time, they'll be feeling a little bit more better about it because the results aren't as bad as they have been. So the plans in place for you at the moment would be for us to be able to get Love Salsi Markets back at yeah. some point during July, yes? Yeah, this would be the first the first weekend in July is my, my target. Okay. Fingers uh, crossed. And if people want to <laughs> keep up to date with uh, how well that target is going, uh, where can they find you on social media, Lee? If you want, if you want to um, follow me, I'm on Love Southsea on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And then email us, info at uk if you want any information about becoming a market trader or starting a new business. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining us on the Thank show this you, evening. Mason. I can't wait to see you. <laughs> can't wait to see you too. <laughs> see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, so good to hear from Lou this uh, this evening, and we've got just about enough time to squeeze in a cheeky bit of Henry Deacon. Good evening. Very good evening, Mason. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh, we were just um, uh, chatting a while ago, saying that you like proper missing football, but you're making up with it by having some beers, which is good to see. Indeed. It's not um, healthily recommended, but it's a good way of coping. Okay, now um, it's, it's something we all are really keen to get back. Uh, the, the football seasons, League Two has kind of been decided already. Uh, the National League has um, pretty much decided already. Uh, what's happening with the rest of them, Henry? Um, so with Pompey, I think it's still very much in the air. I know that the EFL are meeting. Uh, this week decided the framework. It looks likely that Ports will be playing playoff matches to determine where they are next season. Further down, haven't seasons ended, but uh, what happens next is still contentious. They're still finding out what's going to happen with League Two, the National League. Potentially, they put a vote in for playoffs. If that happens or not, is is dependent as well. Because if not, haven't would possibly and probably go up as a second place team. Below haven't, as we spoke about a few weeks ago, is all off null and void and unfortunately for those clubs their efforts have come to nothing because uh, technically the season never happened I heard um, in the news earlier today it's like oh big breaking news from the football world that the Premier League could be allowed to tackle um, <laughs> so it, it seems very slow developments at the moment but when do you when do you personally think that we, we're, we're going to start seeing some resolutions um, I think it's impossible to, to really say obviously with uh, everything that's going on and it's, it's only the virus that's going to dictate it. I think the Premier League, I reckon, will be back by the end of the month, start of July. As far as non-league football, there's going to have to be crowds in place um, for that to happen. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm being the optimist that I am, I'd, I'd like to think that we could uh, start next season in October, hopefully. But again, it's, it's, all, it's all dependent on, on the virus and how successful the, uh, the, ne- the next few months and the unwinding of the, of the figures are. Uh, well, well that, I mean, that's all we've got time for. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, but thank you very much. Um, so still up in the air at the moment, but a big meeting this week to to find out some more information about what's going to happen, yeah? Indeed, indeed. Awesome. Thank you very much, uh, the, uh, Henry. And My ho- pleasure as ever, Mason. Hopefully we'll be seeing you very soon and football will we'll be returning. Fingers crossed. Thank you very much to Henry Deacon and all our guests on the show this week. Uh, Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and listen again to all the previous episodes at expressfm.com forward slash podcasts. Uh, Robbie Jones will be back next week with a whole plethora of guests and a big thank you also goes out to the Hampshire Isle of Wight Community Fund for their incredible support to allow this show to continue. We'll be back with another episode next week of the Coronavirus Special.